Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. Join me as we head into service. What is truth? I'm so grateful to God to be able to come into your homes once again. Thank you for tuning in to this stream. I want to ask that you text somebody, tweet somebody, share this so that this word can go abroad. Share it on your timeline on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe today so that you'll know what's going on. God has put a burden in my spirit to continue this series on what is truth. We're living in a world and expressly in a society where people are apt to believe a lie more than they believe the truth. This was foretold in the scriptures, but we're living in those times. And it's important for the people of God to be rooted and grounded in the truth. And so we come back again to the same question. This is part five of the series. What is truth? We're going to pick up the word of God in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, beginning at verse 8. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege of standing in this sacred place. We pray, God, today that you would open our eyes, that we might behold wondrous things coming out of your word. Reveal your truth. Make known your deeds to your people. And I pray, God, that we would know that we cannot fight against the truth. We can only be of the truth. And so every heart that you've prepared to be of the truth, I pray today that you would reveal the truth that makes us free. Bless us now and make us a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Nehemiah 8, beginning at verse 8, and we're going to read verse 8 through verse 12, reads, So they read distinctly from the book, in the law of God, and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites, who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way. Eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be still for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink 
to send portions and to rejoice greatly because they understood the words that were declared to them. This text has much in it. We won't be able to unpack all of it today, but I know by the Spirit of God it will be enough to edify us, enough to instruct us, because the Spirit of God comes to instruct, to rebuke, and to reprove. And everything that we need is found in the Word of God. There are mountains of misinformation, disinformation, and lies that are circulated through social media, through other channels, and even mouth to mouth. It has become commonplace. Too many people have become ideologues, even in the church. And the devil knows that a unified church has the power to turn the world upside down. So he comes to bring division and to bring schism. He knows that when people receive the truth, when they know the truth, the truth makes them free. But it's not his, it, it is his desire that we be bound. The devil knows that when the people of God and when all the people of the earth receive and embrace truth and live out truth, that it causes people to love and to have joy, which brings strength to give portions and to take care of one another. But when they receive and ingest, ingest as in eating, taking in, and embrace lies, it causes division, it causes hatred, it causes us not to listen to one another, it causes us not to trust one another. Because the enemy of our soul doesn't want us to trust God. And people who know the truth trust God. That's why there's so much distrust, mistrust, disinformation, because the enemy of our soul knows that when we know the truth, we're free. And so God has come to set somebody free today and to release you from the bondage that causes you to embrace those things that causes division. Today, I want to declare unto you in this text, you see that the people understood what was declared. It's not enough to declare if we don't understand what's declared. And so I believe we're in a season where God is going to make things plain so that things make sense and people understand what's being declared so they can walk in it. As we look closely at this text, Beginning at verse 8, the Bible says they read distinctly from the book. They weren't mixing opinions. They weren't mixing ideology. It was straight from the word of God, which is distinctive. It's like nothing else. It's God breathing. It's the breath of God that gives you and me life that is in the scripture because the word of God is spirit and it is life. And so that spirit in life is what they received. It wasn't what the priests thought. It wasn't the interpretation of the Levites. It was the pure, unadulterated word of God. That's what we need in 2020, the word of God. His word is truth. Lord, sanctify us through the truth. Your word is truth. 
They read from the book of the law of God and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. I'm reminded of Philip the evangelist who started out as a deacon and then God put the evangelistic anointing on him and he left his home and went into Samaria to preach, which was one of the prophetic places that Jesus said that they were to go. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the earth. In fulfilling that call to go to Samaria, the evangelist went there and he was having great success. He was preaching the gospel and people were getting healed. Peter, James, and John came down and people received the Holy Ghost. Those who were entangled with witchcraft and all those things that had them bound threw them away. They burned them. But then something happened. With all that success and all the souls that were being saved, the great power of God that was released in that city was interrupted and the Spirit of God lifted him and took him on a road where one Ethiopian eunuch was opening the scroll but he couldn't understand. God sent the evangelist there to make sense and to help him understand I want to be clear right now, and that's why I'm slowing down to make sure that you hear this. We're in a season where God, what appears to be a scattering, is God gathering his people. And God is allowing a time for the church, for those who know the word, to help those who don't understand that it doesn't make sense to them. Do you know there are people who read the Bible and they get nothing? And the Bible is God-breathed. But sometimes he has to send someone to make sense. That's what was happening here. The people of Israel had been in bondage for 70 years. They were influenced by a culture that forced them to bow down to gods that weren't gods, to idols. They had not seen there was a famine of the word of God. They withheld the word of God from them. And so now, after 70 years, for some, the first time in their life, they're hearing the word. And so God had the people who understood the word and were able to teach to explain it to them. How does this relate to us? There are some unchurched people who God is gathering his church to reach, even in a pandemic. And reaching them is going to cause us to have to make sense out of a word that you can only understand by revelation. And so I believe that we're in a season where the captivity is about to be broken. My God, the captivity is about to be broken and the people of God are going to be released to set the captives free. I wish somebody would hear what I'm saying. The people of God are going to be released to set the captives free. Those who are influenced by a culture that causes them 
to embrace lies that causes them to not trust, causes them to be cynical, causes them to have worldviews that are atheistic or agnostic or indifferent. But I want you to know that there is a God and he's working. He's still working. And these people, when they heard the, the word of God, they understood. So how is God going to work in our time? Verse 9 gives us some insight. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. The people wept and they mourned. To mourn in this sense is not the same as mourning the loss of a loved one. Mourning means that you are broken. You are contrite of heart and spirit because you realize I have not lived my life according to what's written in the law. And so the people wept bitterly and they mourned. It was true repentance. They repented before God because they realized, God, I haven't done this. I haven't lived up to your standards. Woe is me. But this happened because of a coming together. Nehemiah, a governor, the government, Ezra, a priest and the scribe, clergy, the government and clergy, and the Levites who taught the people, servants of God, all working together. I'm telling you, Philadelphia, and wherever you are in the country or wherever you are in the world, this is a season of gathering. God is going to bring those in government and those who are in the gospel, those who are ministers of the gospel and servants of God together to turn things around, get ready for a transformation. The ecclesia of God is being released in the earth to do, God is doing a quick work. Things are going to come together in this time that appears to be scattering the church. God is gathering the church. He's bringing his people together around the word of God, the thing that gives life, the thing that sets people free, the thing that takes away your fears, that gives hope, that gives us the power and the faith to hope beyond hope, to hope against hope. I'm talking about the truth. What is truth? And I believe that we are in that place where God is going to bring different segments of society. He's preparing the hearts of those who are in government. He's placing people in every part of society. He's put their business people whose heart God is touching right now, who are crying out to God, who are weeping and mourning and realizing I've got to do more. This, in order for my life to count, I've got to work the works of him who sent me. God is placing people in government who are going to fall on their face because they realize they've come to the end of themselves. 
They cannot do this by themselves. He's going to send people of God around them, not people who are going to prophesy things that are not so, not people who are interested in what they can get. We're talking about the kingdom of God, the things of God. Truth is going to be released and overcome the lies. The Bible tells us that we should not give place to evil but overcome evil with good. And I believe that God is preparing the people just for that purpose. Just like these people who were in bondage and who had not known the truth as it was revealed to them and all segments of society came together to make certain that they understood it and to make sense, things began to change. And I want to declare unto you today, things are going to change for us, not because we change them, but because God is going to change them. And he's got some prepared vessels that are fit for his use that are going to make it so. He, they, they then go on to tell them to go their way, to eat the fat and drink the sweet. What they're saying is, this isn't about religious sacraments. I know that you're not supposed to eat the fat, but I'm telling you, God has released you. Now you can eat everything, eat the fat, drink the sweet, but I also want you to send portions to those who don't have. I don't want you to, to rejoice and your neighbor is still mourning because they don't have enough to eat. We're going to take care of one another. We've been under the clutches, under the stronghold of the Chaldeans, but God has set us free. And as a free people, we're going to make certain that we take care of one another. It is the will of God that we take care of the least of these. Those who are hungry, we ought to feed them, send portions to them. Those who are naked, we ought to clothe them. It's not time for me, myself, and I. It's not time for just what I can get. God forbid that we should behave like the dog-eat-dog -dog world. Let the people of God care for one another, take care of one another, and know that together we're going to be free because of the truth. It's the truth that makes us free. Somebody say amen if you know what I'm talking about. Send portions for those who have nothing prepared. For this day is holy to the Lord. Do not sorrow. I want to say to someone who, who feels sorrowful in your heart, do not sorrow. Do not sorrow. This is a new day. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The enemy doesn't want you to experience joy because he knows that's going to strengthen you. I want you to know that the kingdom of God has come to your house today. The kingdom of God is not food and drink. It's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And that joy gives you strength. That joy gives you strength. Nourishment is going to come your way. You're going to be sustained naturally, but more than that, spiritually, God is going to build you up because great joy is coming to your house. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Don't be sorrowful because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Be strengthened right now 
in the name of Jesus, I release joy into your house, joy in your soul, joy in your spirit, way down in your soul. If you feel like running, go ahead and run around the table. God release joy for those who are sorrowful. This day is holy. This day is holy unto the Lord. Don't be sorrowful. Lift up your head. Don't be sorrowful. You can make it. This is going to be a turning point for you. It's going to be all right. I know how it's been. I know what you've been through. I know it's been hard, says the Lord, but today is your turning point. Lift up your hung down head. Your knees that have been feeble are going to be strengthened because the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Bible says the Levites, the servants in the house of God, quieted all the people, all the people who were weeping. I would to God that people in 2020 would weep when they read the word of God and realize that their life is outside of the word of God that God would bring you to that place of repentance so that you can be fully restored, so that you can be fully delivered. Do you know it was possible for the children of Israel to come out of bondage physically from the Chaldeans and still be in bondage spiritually? They could be free from the tyranny of their captors, but still be bound in their spirit still be bound in their soul. What is truth? The word of God is truth. And the Bible says the word of God is not bound. You can't be in the word and be bound. Paul was in prison, still encouraging people, still writing letters. When he was in prison in Rome and he wrote to the church of Philippi, he, he talked about his bonds and he said, those here in Rome, greet you. Those in prison greet you because Paul was telling his story. He was testifying to those who had him in chains and they were getting saved. God is saying to somebody, tell your story because we overcome by the word of our testimony and the blood of the lamb. This is not a time to be silent. This is a time for us to speak. This is a time for us to pray, and then when we pray, to move our feet, to get up off our knees and tell somebody about the goodness of Jesus. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, thank God for saving me. This is a time to speak up and to speak out. Because no matter what situation you're in, the word of God is not bound. The word of God releases people. The word of God is truth. The word of God sets free. The word of God heals. He sends his word to heal. There's nothing that God can't do, and he does it through his word, by his spirit. He's just looking. He's looking to and fro. His eyes are going to and fro in the earth, looking at both the evil and the good, but he's searching for those who would stand in the gap and make up the hedge. God is anointing and appointing repairers of the breach. There's a great breach in this nation, but God is gathering repairers of the breach to restore the wall, 
Come on, somebody. I pray that God would put it in your spirit and let you know that you will be called a repairer of the breach. They told the people to be still. Don't be troubled. Get the sorrow out of your heart. You've done well to repent. But now that you've repented, it's time for you to enter into joy. You've mourned. And with mourning, with mourning and being poor in spirit, there's something that you are going to receive from God. And they were teaching them how to receive it and how to express it. They told them to go, to eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send to those who had no portion. I want to show you something. How those people, how their sincerity was made manifest. Because these were people, many, who had not known the word of God. Today we would call them unchurched. But they came and heard the word of God. And now they're doing it. In verse 12 it says, and all the people went their way. Not some of the people who heard the word distinctly. All the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions and rejoice greatly because they understood the words that were declared to them. They were told by Nehemiah, Ezra, and the Levites to eat, drink, and to send portions. When they went, they did exactly as they were instructed. People who are, whose hearts are pricked by the word of God are an obedient people. They obey. A person who kicks against the prick, a person who resists and does their own thing is not the, the profile of a person who obeys God. These people who receive the word with gladness and with a contrite spirit and a broken heart, which God has promised not to despise, they did according to what they heard. They were not just hearers of the word, they were doers of the word. And that reminds me of a story that I heard just this week. I got a call from a person who has been here uh, at New Covenant, and they wanted to tell me that uh, their mother-in-law got saved right in this sanctuary. And she was telling me about employees. She's an entrepreneur, has a business. Some of her young employees who were asking questions, one in particular about the Bible. And she answered them, and then finally she bought her a Bible and gave it to her. The questions now were Bible-centered. They started asking about Abraham. They were at the part where Abraham was about to sacrifice his son, Isaac, and she didn't understand it. This young lady had never set, a foot, set foot in the church, but during the pandemic, she became curious. She knew that her boss, the owner of the establishment, was a Christian. She started inquiring of her, almost like the eunuch in the chariot. And then she bought her a Bible. She was surprised that the young lady read it. She started asking questions. And then all of a sudden, as she was learning, she started telling her friends 
So this group of young people from age 17 to 20, all of a sudden were curious. They wanted to be taught. They started a Bible study in the pandemic. And then the, these young people decided, I want to go out. Would you come with us? They went to a pavilion in the market square in their town. One of them played. One of them worshipped. A crowd gathered around them, hopefully socially distanced, but gathered around them, and they began to tell their stories. And they said there was not a dry eye. People in the public square were weeping as these young people who had just come to the faith were doing what they read. What they read in the Bible, they believed it so much that it impacted their lives. And then their parents, their parents got curious. What in the world has happened to my children? Their parents started coming. This person asked if I would come with others outside of their business to pray and to evangelize and to witness. Why am I telling you this? God is doing something. God is doing something. And I told her that what was happening to those young people, my word to her was this is that that was spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last days, your sons and your daughters, they're going to prophesy. I believe that God is awakening the curiosity in young people. There's going to be a harvest that is great, but God wants his people to help them understand and make sense out of this. This young lady who came to her boss curious, a place that you don't normally talk about the gospel. And then when she got the word of God for herself, and she didn't wait to come to full maturity, but something in her caused her to do it. One of the other young people said that something happened to her when she was witnessing. She couldn't stop weeping. She said, I don't know what that was. It was the spirit of God descending. I believe just like the early church, as they left the upper room and went out into the market square, something was birthed in Pentecost. God is going to send a Pentecost. He's going to send one to Philadelphia. God is going to cause something to happen in the marketplace that's going to be apostolic. That's going to be prophetic. It's going to open the door for the kind of teaching and the kind of understanding that's going to change the city. The problem that we have is spiritual, and God is, going, is, a, is working already to do something about it, and he's going to do it with people who you would not have thought of. But he needs his church to gather and to do the work and to help those who have not understood to understand, to make sense so they can see their purpose, so that they know their destiny is greater than the grave, so that the, the, all the blood that's crying out in the streets of Philadelphia can be redeemed. Our God is a redeemer. The Lord Jesus came to redeem. He came to reconcile and he came to restore. And just as restoration, reconciliation, and redemption is seen in this text after they've been set free, get ready. Get ready is coming to your house. Get ready is coming to your city. Get ready is coming to your nation. God has already settled it in heaven. It is coming to earth. 
I pray that God would raise you up as part of his ecclesia, the called out ones who gather to go out and to make a difference, to make a difference so that heaven can touch earth, so that the word that's settled in heaven, already settled, can be settled in the earth, so that the things of God, the everything, the kingdoms of this world, shall become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. I want to speak to somebody out there today who's been curious and who is trying to make sense. You have questions. I want you to know that God is the answer. He has the answer for every question that you have. He's going to make himself known to you in a way that is undeniable. He's going to do it in a way that you understand. He's going to speak in a language that you understand that makes sense to you. God is going to send people around you, whether it's virtual or some kind of way, to help you understand. Just as he did in the Bible with the eunuch by sending Philip, just as he did for this young lady, who worked uh, in a place where there was a believer, God is strategically placing believers who can help you understand and can make sense. And he's going to open up the way for your heart to be changed, for your mind to be renewed, for you to be transformed. I want to pray for you right now that God would do everything that he's spoken over your life, that it shall come. Even the things that you haven't understood, he's going to make plain to you. Father, I pray for these, your precious children, who you have appointed before the foundation of the earth. I pray that they would come into their fullness. I pray, God, that you would release them into their destiny, that they would know their purpose, the reason why you brought them forth and separated them from their mother's womb. God, I pray today that you would begin to enlighten the eyes of their understanding. God, do it. Do it as they weep in your presence. You promised, God, that a contrite spirit and a broken heart you would not despise. Draw them nearer to you, my God. Today, this day, and every day, walk with them and let them know that they shall never walk alone. And God, I pray for your ecclesia, your called out ones, that we would rise up and do your will. God, thank you for empowering us. Thank you for giving us the keys to the kingdom. God, we come standing together in authority, ready to bind and ready to loose, ready to set the captives free, ready to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, ready to preach the gospel to the poor, ready to help the world answer the question, what is truth? Thank you for empowering us. Make known your deeds to your people. 
that we might do your will in the earth. I pray, God, that we would be so hungry and so thirsty for the things of God that, like Jesus, we'll be able to say, my food and my drink is to do the will of him that sent me. Let it be so. And so, God, we declare now that it is so, and so it is. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. May you know forever and a day that he is for you and that he is with you. May the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich be upon you and your children for a thousand generations. Go in peace and keep the faith. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.